One of the great things about these um, group practice sessions is the build-up of a kind of a certain charge, like a like a battery charging up, and uh, start to get a sense of a, of an energy or a stability or a stillness that you can sit within, and it's not exactly yours, but it's your part of that as a kind of um, entrainment of everybody's effort and uh, collectedness to a field, like a energy field you can sense sitting within. Mm. And then, you know, naturally within that various, you know, one's own stuff bubbles up that you have something you can sense that can receive that, it can drop back into this way in which we continually allow these waves of our karma, our activities, sankharas, become welling up and then received into this space and allowed to unfold. A sense of <coughs> trust in that because it's not as if you shouldn't have any you know, but there's something bigger than one's apparent self that can receive one's apparent self and let it in all its movements and you know, let it relax so that your personal stuff particular locatable stuff isn't really such a big issue you don't get into these kind of contractions and reactions to it it's just that this is great, great blessing. Mm. So it's very helpful. We, when we have a uh, something that supports that, that sense of group presence. Uh, uh, conventions, customs, but of course, above all, the sense of uh, mutual respect harmony, mm, these easy to say terms, but sometimes testing to, to work out in practice. This group situation, and you recognize that, you know, in the not too distant future, that will change, won't it? We'll be doing things and you know, some people are going into the forest to practice on their own, other people will be doing duties and chores around the house and around little separate areas. Mm. And it'll be busy, relatively busy. And we can think, oh, it was so nice then. I'm in this lovely, open, gentle space. And now I'm in this kind of buzzing around being busy. So we lose lose faith. <coughs> it's easy to just kind of uh, naturally we tend to look for forms and signs. You know, like here the sign is is quite one of stillness. Silence. So we 
and get that sense of it within that you're able to relax, unfold, find your center. And that, that's the support, that's the support that's based upon conditions. Now, our continuing practice is to certainly look at how we can support and strengthen those helpful conditions in whatever we're doing and having standards and routines and systems, all that helps. Then you have what's called attachment to systems, systems and customs, one of the main fetters. And yet to say you don't have systems or customs is, isn't quite isn't right either. How to use systems and customs, sila fatta paramasa, without paramasing them, which is kind of fondling and holding on and clinging to them. So even this structure here is another piece of structure and it changes and passes. Can you make use of it? Use it to a situation where you can feel yourself meeting that space, that openness which allows your your feelings and thoughts to rise well up, dissolve. So you get some recognition of the nature of that. The nature of the dissolving universe. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It doesn't, doesn't mean it doesn't happen. But it means it's continually a dissolving thing. Mm -hmm. Now we can look for it not to occur. That's one extreme. The annihilationist extreme. We can look to make it steady and stable. That's the other extreme, the eternalist extreme. Or we can, some can, to some degree, some of the time, some a lot of the time, some all of the time, <laughs> allow it to be this middle arising, dissolving experience. This is what uh, called the stream entra, someone who's, who's really experiencing life as this watery substance, the arising, dissolving. And so that, this uh, sense of not being mesmerized, fascinated by personality, using personality rather than being bound in it, doesn't mean not having one. But having a, a face that can be continually replenished and made beautiful through something be behind that, beyond that, I was saying yesterday. Mm. Someone who can use systems, structures, traditions, rules, without being getting rigid and mechanical about it, without getting frustrated and rebellious about it, without beating people up over it, without saying this is the only way. Mm. It's like these are the like sandals you can put on your feet to walk across a rocky world and then you can slip them off when you come into the temple. Mm. So the temple really is, is an internal place. And the sense of the, <coughs> your faith is not, your, is not based upon <coughs> things that you know, 
not placed upon a view, viewpoint, belief. So there's ending of doubt because your faith is really in the nature of Dhamma. It's arising, dissolving, manifestation. And it, that's what it is. So, so when that becomes fully established, then it's considered a very profound shift. And how it's established through these five indriya, called yesterday, Indra, the <coughs> Indra is the king of the gods. <coughs> so the Indriyas are the, the governors, the, the rulers who can marshal all these uh, powerful energies, pull them together. Mm. So from that sense we have of uh, searching for meaning, you know, we, which will tend to cling to a uh, a system or a belief, say this is it, you know, that when that's clarified, when it's strengthened and purified, this becomes that sense of, call it faith in Dhamma, faith in awakening, confidence in that, awakening to how it is. And that isn't just the belief, because it really means something in you has shifted to the point we don't actually need solidity don't need those places to sink into and hold on to which the world in general does it has its beliefs, its nationalities, its traditions, its systems, its viewpoints and people really hang on to those and fight over those have so the sense of confidence you see if we even try to make that some state in ourselves you know like the times when you get calm or peaceful or happy but actually you know, that isn't going to be always there is it what is always there is this nature of the dissolving cosmos experience and it's that sense of being able to you know, there's a there's a point in which you can trust that because you can sense something that doesn't need to hold on. Or, you know. So, for example, we when we sit in this space, you can sense that to some degree. You know, and this particular group situation is supportive to that because you get a feeling of here it is again and you know you have a really lousy meditation and the bell rings and again he gets up and calmly walks in calmly walks out you have a great meditation the bell rings people get up calmly walk in calmly walk out you have a rotten time <laughs> so eventually the point comes home of you know, and you start to sense yourself getting wider. You get almost like a, a sixth sense is wider, almost behind you or around you. It makes all that stuff 
that we we seem to be manageable, easy, quite funny sometimes, poignant, beautiful. Something that encourages care, compassion, joy, clarity, responsibility. How to use this personal form, personality, what we can do with it. So when there's uh, confidence, and confidence ripens in accordance with the others, there's a sense of uh, order, discernment, that in us which seeks to get things kind of clear or straight, balanced in ourselves, you realize it's not really going to be through something, some theory, some piece of paper, some idea, but through an internal balancing, you know, of your energies, of your potentials, uh, or the things we could do or should do or might do or will be or won't be or, wait a minute, you know, get some perspective on that. We are, you know, so we're not continually, we're like the waiter carrying a stack of 12 plates and the plates may be jiggling around, but the waiter remains steady and calm and doesn't drop them. Now, it's a question whether you want to be a plate or a waiter, really. <laughs> you know, plates look interesting because they've got all the food on them. But it's the waiter that counts, the one who can carry it. And then that's where order is. You know, noticing just in my own life, it's... it's uh, fair amount of chaos you know there's always requests for the be here be there teach this teach that fill in this form you know administrative stuff teaching stuff dealing with the future other people issues mundane details medical bills the whole thing medical appointments the whole thing and it, you know just day after day you just carry the sense of balance with all that mm. don't expect it to just be kind of nicely calibrated that only one thing comes in every day or one thing comes in on the hour at the right time and you deal with that and then it goes to one side the next thing comes in order that isn't going to happen so we can either you know start clenching and tightening up and freaking out and trying to control it all or panic or get despairing or you just say look find your feet you know don't get lost in the plates of course you know it's banya it's always pointed to the same thing there's something or some place or something behind this it is not in it but is not inaccessible you can't locate it you can't claim it it can be something that we sense as a group it's nobody's body but it's a dharma body and with that you recognize everybody's life is a mess <laughs> chaotic you know it's just the way 
it works like that. Uh, and yet, you look at how everything else in the universe manages, how trees and animals manage with chaos. They don't tighten up around it. They don't panic. They don't, they're in that. And there's a sense of natural order that arises. In human beings, we've got tremendous capacities. If we don't panic, anxiety is a big curse. Anxiety, loss of faith, loss of confidence, then the depression comes in on top of that. Major disease of the Western world. So it certainly helps with uh, the cultivation of um, samadhi, which means you have to apply. You know, apply and apply to these four foundations of mindfulness. So the first way we understand mindfulness is in the four foundations, the body, Buddha said the, the deathless is not lost on those who cultivate mindfulness of the body. They really encouraged us just this, this, this physical form with its nerve endings, its neural pathways, its energies, its reflexes, its twitches, its flushes. They're a very good indication of where we hold on and where we get free. It's like a signaling system when you begin to deepen into that. But to deepen into that requires some application some steadying, some listening. What's happening in your chest? What's happening in your fingers? What's happening in your face? You know, you, you kind of, a thought comes by and you feel yourself tighten up. A sound comes by and you feel yourself light up to follow it. A sight comes along and you want something and you, you know, picks up to get hold of that. Something or, you know, a memory comes up and something flutters and wants to get away from it and think of something else. You can feel these kind of twitches and flushes going on a lot of the time. You know, the, uh, the greed or lust, something wants to hold on and embed itself in something, fear, aversion, push it away, guilt, uncertainty, anxiety. You just keep reading those and widening, softening. You know, so it's almost like in the body you find why well, you can use mindfulness of breathing, mindfulness of body, because it's something that helps to soothe out these reflexes. Just bearing it in mind. The world as it manifests is happening right now in your body. All the tightening up about the future. all the tightening up about the past, all the attitudes about oneself, about others, you can sense them. So applying oneself, the samadhi, samadhi, you know, whatever else we can say about that, and people can make a big thing out of it, or be very specific about it, lights and 
colors and but really the important point is it's the absence of the five hindrances when your mind is firm and it's not getting blown away in the five hindrances with with um, ill will craving ambition dullness lethargy restlessness or wavering havering and wavering and dithering so these are these faculties we develop and you can see that the <coughs> one way looking at the as they come together as these blend we have the advantage of uh, you begin to see the four noble truths and your mindfulness is based then much more upon the four noble truths these indriyas become established at the level of persistently abiding in, in that place of recognition you might say you know? so the sense of pushing contracting rushing out as that happens this is this is dukkha the origin of it the signs the signals that get that going the release of that and the ongoing practice of mindful of that so whether you're sitting in your kuti or you're working in the kitchen or you know suddenly 45 people turn up 10 minutes late offering alms food whether it's sounds of jackhammers pounding in the monastery or the sound of the birds twittering in the trees you know where's the four noble truths in that so the, these are established you know so you, you have do have a up, big umbrella to practice under And when you really recognize it, it's this process by the signs and signals that normally you find yourself running programs on. You know, like, oh, there's people here, I've got to be something. I've got to be happy, I've got to be this, I've got to get going, I've got to chat, I've got to close down, I've got to be silent, I've got to engage. Whichever way your programs run, you know, and you oh. That isn't the point. The point is, are you going to generate stress around this or not? Can you make this sign, this, can you make it invalid? So I, you know, I look at kind of a list of my to-do lists. You know, I've got a notice board in my cootie with my to-do lists on it, but I couldn't fit them all in. I look at that lot, see it as writing on the wall. And I can actually go into it and feel something tighten up, start spinning about April and January and November and right to so and so and you know, little sign there. I can already start to feel overwhelmed within fifteen seconds. <laughs> out of out of squiggles on a piece of paper. <laughs> you know, this is the fearless dumber warrior gets blown away by squiggles on a piece of paper. <laughs> because the sanya, because the signs and signals say, quick, get the panic going, get the anxiety going, get the overwhelm going, get the 
you know, or just uh huh, breathing in, breathing out. Just that. You know, it's not I shouldn't have those signals. You know, okay, there it's it's happened. Feel the rush, and then meeting that, meeting that with a sense of openness and. Now, really, where am I? Am I in that? Or am I in... Yeah. <laughs> am I not in that? You know, you recognize that the... Hmm, the thing that doesn't dissolve, the thing that doesn't rush, grab hold, get you going, doesn't have a sign, signless. It's where the signs lose their push. They don't get their sankharas, the programs get running. So really look at that, you know, the potential for dukkha and the dismantling of it potential to get into those suffering programs and the possibility of you know seeing the sign and leaving it there just this is taking the emotional charge out of it or letting the emotional charge drain out of it because what do you know really what do you know about April, January, February, 2009, 2010, 2011, 1950, 1980? What do you know about Britain, Thailand, America, wherever it is? What do you really know? They're just, you know, they're kind of tantalizing, poignant, sanya's perceptions get you going one way or another what do you know about forest work month what do you know about solitary retreat mm-hmm. all you really can know check it out is the four noble truths the rest of it's just well, maybe depends how you handle it but all you really know really know is the Four Noble Truths. That's what we all know. Everything else, whether it's going to be blue is good or red is good or that's a matter of opinion. Warmth is a matter of opinion. Warm, cold. Matter of, matter of personal sensitivities, isn't it? What might happen, could happen, should happen, what other people think, what we think other people are doing, how we sense other people, that's just (laughs) a lot of go in there, isn't there? A lot of room for this, the papancha, the proliferation. Yeah, you kind of touch one of these and the proliferation button goes and the mind can start spinning away. But the deathless is the non 
proliferation, the signless, the non-locatable. It's the dissolving release from Sankara's programs. And what we asked is to really fearlessly, calmly sense what our programs. You know, be, be aware of that. It's not, you know, you, you sense it and then it's not even like I try to get rid of them or try to get past them, just sense them, feel them. And have confidence that if you feel them fully embodied, they dissolve. You don't have to do something about them. What you have to do is apply so, so there's the mindfulness, the discernment, the, the fir- firmness of mind, the confidence, assurance that doesn't pick those, those programs up, doesn't get going on them. And something in you starts to sense that. Return, remembering the present with joy. Something has no time in it, no space in it, no person in it, no location. Yet it's the realist because it's the the one that everything else fits within and dissolves back into.